my mom would see rich people. We didn't have a ton of money growing up. And there was this just this tone of like, oh, that is a nice lifestyle. You know what I mean? And so it was felt pretty familiar to be in the lean times. But then when yeah. we would get a little bit more money, it was kind of like, oh, is this what my mom was talking about? And it, it mm. was a mind game of, am I mm. what she was projecting? Am I that? Yeah. And how does that feel? Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hey, it's Alicia. Ever felt like you're never enough, no matter how hard you try? If you're ready to break free from striving, pleasing others, and proving that you're good enough, you've got to sign up for my free workshop, Break Free From Feeling Never Enough. Maybe you've heard that God says you're enough, but for some reason you still struggle with living like you're enough. I understand, and I want to walk you through a proven brain science method I've used with hundreds of women in this free training. Sign up now and let's get started at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the Christian Mindset Coach with Alicia Michelle. Today, we're talking about money. Yes, we're talking about money mindset because I can tell you over and over in coaching, I find the issue of money comes up, especially when we start talking about success. We start talking about how I am or am not a failure, those kind of statements that come up. And it's so interesting to discover how money plays a role in our worth and our identity. How does our view of money and provision affect our ability to trust God? How does it play into our fears and keep us living small? How does it keep us tethered to the idea that our value is based on what we produce? How can these seemingly innocuous mindsets about money, especially in terms of how we saw money growing up, how can they even play into these self-sabotaging behaviors that we experience, workaholism, feeling not enough, comparison, and more. I am so excited to dive into this today. Again, like I said, this is something that I have uh, mentioned and has come up several times in coaching, so I know it's going to resonate with some of you very powerfully. Well, let me introduce you to my guests, because yes, there are more than one on today's episode. Bob Lodick is our guest, and his wife, Linda, is also joining us. And so what I love about this conversation is, first of all, Bob is a foremost expert on money, but his wife, Linda, she and Bob have together written a book on money, and it's a very kind of common sense perspective on money that's different than maybe you have heard from other well-known people who speak on money. And it's not just about just like saving money or, or getting out of debt, although they do talk about wise ways to manage money. It's more of how can we use money as a tool to help us be successful in general? And that means not getting caught in some of the traps that money can bring us. How do we use money as a tool for the kingdom? I love that that's their perspective. So Bob found himself at a breaking point in his early 20s. He was overwhelmed by debt and stranded a thousand miles from home with only $7 to his name. And after crying out to God for wisdom and discovering a simple, biblically inspired formula, he reached a level of financial freedom that he never dreamed possible. 
And he'd, including, he'd paid off his house by age 31 and even reached a personal goal of giving 1 million by age 40. So for the last 14 years, he shared his best lessons with over 50 million readers and listeners on his award-winning website, his podcast, and his courses. And Bob and his wife, Linda, they live in Franklin, Tennessee with their three children. So this is a really, it's kind of a different episode, but I think as you listen to Bob and Linda, you're going to, first of all, get both perspectives of men and women on money. Uh, Bob is a saver. Linda's a spender, as you'll hear. And just how each of our different perceptions on money really do play a role in how we show up to all of the things that we are called to do in life. Here's the conversation with Bob and Linda Luddick. Bob and Linda, welcome to the podcast. Alicia, it is so good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. I well, first of all, Bob, I have to say you are breaking a record just by being here. You're the first guy I've ever had on the podcast. Ooh. Well, I'm all about breaking records. Excited <laughs> to be part of that. And you guys are also breaking in another record because it's you're the first couple. I don't think I've ever had a couple on at the same time oh. either. So this is awesome. But um, as we were sharing before we started, this topic of money, I really think it's important to have a couple's perspective and a male and female perspective, because let's face it, we can sometimes have different views on money with our mm-hmm. partner and men and women can have different views on money. So the the gist of our conversation today that I really want us to focus on is what are the things that we get stuck in, in terms of mindset around money? We kind of come mm-hmm. into this world with uh, you know families of origin, how they dealt with money and it affects how we view now. And God tells us to not let it control us. But we live in the world where we need money to to survive. So tell us, first of all, um, kind of in a general 30,000 foot view, what are some principles in terms of how God wants us to view money and have have a more pure mindset towards money? Yeah. I mean, the thing I think is important to start with is acknowledging the way that, well, A, first, as believers like we are not supposed to perform things the way that the world performs them. I think that's a given, like we understand that. Uh, And so if we look at how the world views money, um, the world views money as their source of security, as their source of importance, um, you know, where they derive their value from, like all these different things that we are supposed to get from God. And so Mm -hmm. if we are doing any of those things and we're doing it the way that the world is doing it, and that's just not how God intended it. Like I believe that God intended for money to be a tool that Mm -hmm. we can use to further his kingdom that we can use to win the lost, you know, like we have the ability, the opportunity to do this. Like I always love to say, I want to use my money to rob hell because I I know I can take (laughs) put them into some ministry that's winning the lost. And it's like, I don't even have to be on the ground you know, having that conversation with that person, but I can use my money to win the lost. And that gets me really excited. Mm-hmm. Mm. What would you add to that, Linda? Some key points about money that you think we can kind of just kind of laying the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think one really big one that always comes to mind to me is um, the amount of shame that there is wrapped around it. And I think this is also one of the things that the it, it comes from our worldview of money, right? Yeah. So if I'm not doing things the right way, then it's my fault and then I feel shame about it. Or if I don't automatically know what to do, do even if no one's really taught me, 
I feel shameful about that. And so I feel like I have to hide things or, yeah. and especially like in a marriage, it's like, you know, Oh, I just pulled the FedEx packages off the front porch before my husband saw, you know, there's a <laughs> lot of that going on. Yeah. And because yeah, if sure. your husband doesn't see it, then it doesn't have to be a conversation whether he knows about it or not. Right. Mm. And, um, I just, I don't think that that's how it should be. I don't think our marriage should be, you know, where we're hiding yeah, stuff from each other. Even if it's just on that level of, I just bought a new shirt and I just don't want to hear about it. I just, I mm-hmm. think there's so much more freedom to be had. That's how I feel yeah, about it, it anyway. I mean, and, you know, we'll probably get into some of this, but it, it doesn't come without work, but I think sure. it's important for anyone listening to understand that that is possible. You know, yeah. even if you have a marriage, you're like, I, I can't even talk to my husband about money. Cause every time we talk yeah. about it, we get into a fight, which it's really common. Like, oh, yeah. Because yeah. like you mentioned, so many of us, almost all of us grow up with different mindsets about money and then we get to married and then come colliding together. Mm. And it takes effort to have these conversations um, to get to a point where you can find some unity on it and begin moving forward together. But yeah. And there's a scripture that talks about you have to work to enter into his rest. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. it's interesting yeah. that it's the only um, place in the Bible, yeah, right? that's Help what me. I've heard. I haven't studied it out, but that's what I've heard. Okay, so this is what we've heard. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like one of the only places in the Bible where it tells you to work for something. Yeah. Like oh, he's not just going to give it to you. You actually have to work yeah, to enter into his rest. One translation, I believe, said strive. Strive to enter into his rest. You know, and, and all throughout the Bible, like we're encouraged to rest in him and not be yeah. striving. But this is the thing they're supposed to strive for. So... I mean, I think that that applies to all areas of our life. And I think that this is one that is probably pretty, it's just not viewed in that way. Like we think of it as mm-hmm. a, like going on a vacation work to, you know, have that, but it can actually be in every area of our life. So if we need to work to enter into his rest in our finances, that means that there's work that we're going to have to do in order to get to that peace and that freedom that he actually has for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, I think sometimes with money, we think it's just like a given, like we're just, well, you have it, you spend it, you don't have it, you don't, you know, I mean, but really, like you said, there's a lot of learning behind the scenes and mindsets. So let's dig into that. What are some common money mindsets, like we mentioned, that people can bring into their marriages and that cause, can cause problems, conflict? I mean, there's tons. I think the most obvious one is that like, I'm a spender and he is a saver. You know, that's like the first blatant one. And one of these, one of these things that we've talked about is that there's no amount of money that is going to make Bob feel secure enough. Oh, he might tell you it's a million dollars, but as soon as we get to a million, he's going to say, no, it's actually 2 million. (laughs) And then it's going to be 10 million. You know what I mean? And the same for me, there's no amount of money I can have that will be enough for me to spend. Like as soon as I think, oh, I've got that item that I wanted or the house that I wanted or, you know, the vacation that I wanted, I'm going to want something else. Well, mm-hmm. and there's people who are listening who are like, no, that's not true. Because if I had a million dollars, like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling it's you, it's 100% a moving goalpost. It's constantly moving. <laughs> it doesn't matter how far you come. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, this is why Proverbs says the eyes of a, um, a, mm-hmm. eyes of a man are never satisfied. Like mm-hmm. there, there is no point to where we fully arrive and all these different things. And so it's important to understand that. I think, you know, yeah. this is a first. Um, yeah. Well, and then how does worth play into this? Like a lot of us, I think grew up with, um, when you, you have, you feel that worth is what the world says when you have things, when you do things. So where, where is that 
with money that you see? Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting you say that. Like one of the things that um, we talk about in our book is that we, I've been tracking my net worth, you know, a good financial number to track helps you measure your progress. Like this is a great exercise. And I've encouraged people to do that for years. And we've been doing that for many, many years. And uh, a few years back, I'm like, I just hate this term. I hate this term net worth. And kind of in praying of all this, I, I realized let's call this something else. And so we began calling that number, which is essentially the total of our assets minus our liabilities you know, all the stuff we own, all the, right. the things that have our name on it, whatever. Like we began calling it our assets under management, you know, because mm. like it's God's stuff. Yeah. It's all God's like, we're just managers of his stuff. And so let's just call it what it is. And then on top of that, we remove this term of net worth and defining right. our worth based on whether that's a high number and we feel better than other people. And we can <laughs> brag to people because we have a $10 million net worth or because it's so low, you know, we started with a negative net worth and it's yes. like, it's easy to just take that and be like, Oh, that's my identity. And I'm not, you know, but that's not where our identity comes from, you know, right. so any, number that we're tying to our uh, worth and trying to evaluate ourselves, comparing ourselves to other people. I guess just, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. And I mean, I, uh, went shopping with my sister. I mean, this was probably 15 years ago. And at that time they were in a tough financial position. And so we were shopping and I'm a really good shopping partner. I like <laughs> to shop. It's fun for me. Very so true. she pulls out a shirt and she's like, Oh, this is cute. And I was like, try it on, you know, getting all excited for her. And she kind of gave me that, like, nah, it's not going to happen today. And so I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And she goes, eh, I'm the same without it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's the same person without it. Like it it really dawned on me that you can still be the same person without all the stuff, with all, without all the vacations, without all the excitement, you can still be the same person. And in some ways you can maybe be a whole lot better without it. (laughs) If you're drawing near to the Lord and like, like working on your heart instead of being distracted by all the shiny objects. Yeah. Wow. Which is really easy to do. For sure. Either way, like you said, whether you're a saver or a spender, there is, there's the, this, this desire we have as humans to have more, whether we're going to save it or spend it. We just want more. And Mm -hmm. what if we're just content with what is right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. Right. So that idea of, um, these unhealthy money mindsets, they can Mm -hmm. keep us living either safe in terms of, you know, I don't want, I'm going to hold on to all my money. I'm not going to give it, or I'm not going to share it or scared. Like I have to have it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. So can you share more about your walk with that? Um, what that mindset was like for you and, um, in terms of a specific life situation and how it helped you to show up in a certain way and how, what God taught you from that. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I, uh, yeah. I mean, like she said, I just never, there, there wasn't, and I would have never admitted this. And this is why, why I said that, like, I would have never admitted that there wasn't a number that was going to be enough for me to feel fully <laughs> secure, but yeah. this is where I think it's so powerful. Um, because Yeah. I found myself constantly wanting, constantly desiring more and just being discontent. And Mm. 
And I think it's so easy to do this, even with important things. Like, I mean, for a long time, we were trying to pay off our debt, which isn't a great goal. You can make a biblical argument that this is something that God wants for us. Like, mm-hmm. And it's a great thing to go after. But the fact is, is we can turn anything into an idol and yeah. we can turn mm-hmm. anything into yes. something, you know, and it's like, for me, I was so longing to be out of debt or whatever the thing might be. Um, and I'll just use as an example here that I wasn't, I lost all my contentment in Jesus. Yeah. And I was placing it in that. And it's like, when I get that, when all my debts mm. paid off, then I will be happy. Then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be content. And, uh, and it's great. You know, and again, like when we've successfully done that and we've paid off our house now and it's amazing. And I'm always encouraging people to do it, but the end of the day, it, that's not the end of your road. And still, like if we find anything to put our contentment in other than Jesus, like we're going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, that was just a big thing I had to work through. Um, it's just, you know, getting more content in him, you know, regardless right. of my financial situation. And we're still a work in progress. Like, I don't, I don't think we ever fully right. arrive at this, yeah. you know, but like yeah. we're on our journey and we've, you know, gone steps down the road and I'm healthier than I was before. But, um, but that's like what we're always trying to help people, you know, is find what we call true financial freedom because it's not about a number. It's not about retiring at 40 or anything like that. And those are great. And I don't, you know, I'm all for if somebody wants to do that, but true financial freedom is when you're not, you can be content in your situation, whether it's you know high or low, and you can fully yeah. trust knowing that God's your provider, regardless mm-hmm. of what's going on in your bank yes. account. Yeah. And you can walk in that freedom and that confidence and go into the day and go into the week, um, you know, without fear. And, that's a really, really powerful place to be. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, if things are going fantastic financially, like the same way, you're not putting your trust in that. Like you're not a slave to that. You're not serving yeah. mammon, but you're serving God. You're using the assets he's put into your hand to further and advance his kingdom. And so right. um, that's what we're after. And that's what we're trying to help people achieve, you know? Mm. Right. I, it reminds me of a situation, which I know you guys have walked through this too, of unemployment. Um, where our family walked through a season of that. And when we were walking through, we had it happen two times, an, ex- an extended period of unemployment. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in that season, those seasons, we really learned to trust God for everything, for provision. And then, but w- what was most interesting to me was coming out of the season, especially the second time we went through it, we came out of it and it was like, we had to we had to switch our mind to be, it's not all about scarcity. It's not all about like, you know, we can begin to open up and see God, how can I be, how can I still trust you when things aren't dire? Does that that make sense? Like, how do I get to that other side of it? And then you begin to think about things like generosity and really God, you want me to say yes to that and and open this (laughs) door, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's it's crazy because you think, oh, well, when we get a job, like things will be better and I don't have to worry about this. But no, you're mm-hmm. exactly right. When the provision is, you know, quote unquote, more solid, because it's never solid. It's always God, but we can yeah. still see a job, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a different sort of trust. So what do yeah. you, I know you guys have walked through that. So what was that like for you? Kind of on both sides yeah. of it. Well, real quick, I just want to add something in. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, when you talk about that, I mean, because yes, we've gone through that multiple times. And I think this is why it's so important to have an open mind in our walk with God and not lock into one frame of thinking mm-hmm. and one frame mm-hmm. of doing things. Because I think God has always wanted to shift that up and, and adapt sure. and adjust. And I was thinking about, you know, so the Israelites spending all those years living off of manna. 
-hmm. every single day is where they get their provision. They don't have seven days worth of provision. They have one day's worth of provision. And then they get into the promised land, land, you know, flowing milk and honey, like in the abundance. And like, what was that like for them having to shift their mindset from all I have is right now, you know, like this uh, in some way scarcity thing to Mm -hmm. there's an abundance here. And so how are we going to use it? And so anyway, just a thought I had, I don't really know where to go with that, but. Yeah, um, it's very true. It's like people who win the lottery. You always hear those stories of people who are everyday people and then they're handed $500 million. And it seems like there's all this tragedy that seems to follow them because it's, it's like the different sort of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It seems like there's more of a test, I guess you could call it when you have more, because Mm. it's so easy to just think it's always going to be like this. And, um, just go, well, things are just working out for me. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And even get into a little bit of pride of, yeah. well, we're just doing things really well. So we just, you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. there's, there's this test there of like, who actually has your heart? What actually has your heart? Yeah. Where, you know, and that's what I really loved about going through the dis- different seasons of what we've walked through. Cause there's been times when it's been a lot and times when it's been low. And there's been times when we can spend a lot or save a lot and times when we have to really pare down and it's like the bare minimum. And, but like, I think in those, those ups and downs, those times, that's when you really get to know the Lord and you really, it really reveals what's in your heart. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, but that's, what's so exciting is if we are after what God has for us, if we are devoting our entire lives to him and we're sold out for his purposes, then when we go through those times, we're like, we have that in mind. Okay. This is, this is refining me on the inside, even though it hurts, it's awful. (laughs) Sometimes it can also refine me and I can walk out of this so much better and so much purer and with so much more impact than I had going into it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So then in light of all of that, I know you've heard these terms of like poverty mindset versus abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on those different yeah. kinds of mindsets? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, the poverty mindset, I mean, it kind of ties into what we we're just talking about, just that idea of there's never going to be enough. And this is, I've had to wrestle with this and mm-hmm. work through this. Uh, mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I think the truth is, is that probably most Christians have to deal with that because I think we don't understand. I don't think we fully understand God's ability to provide for us. I and I think that that's what it comes back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if we really understood as children of the King, like what we have access to and how good God is, I don't, yeah, I think we're all just like shooting way low yeah. on what, yeah. what's actually possible with God. Alicia Michelle here. Are there an army of voices in your head telling you that you're never enough? I've been there, and I know the overwhelm and exhaustion that comes from feeling never enough as a wife, as a mom, or as a daughter of God. Here's what doesn't work. Just telling yourself to think differently or hiding from the voices. There's a reason why you feel this way, despite knowing God's truth. It's time to get to the root of why you feel never enough. Join me in a free workshop where you'll learn how you can step out of the patterns of performance, perfectionism, and people-pleasing that come from living with never enough. Hear about a proven brain science tool that's setting hundreds of Christian women free to live with peace and God-centered confidence. 
you can have this freedom too. Sign up for the Break Free from Never Enough workshop at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. That's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. I have the story of my uncle who was not a believer. He wasn't walking with the Lord. And he was, you know, this was quite, you know, several years ago, he needed cash to buy things, right? So he goes to a restaurant, he sits down, orders a bunch of food because he's, you know, growing boy, you know, young man, and he realizes he doesn't have his wallet. Uh, so it's interesting because I, you, you just went, oh, and I, that's what I would do. I'd go, oh, <laughs> what does my uncle do? He sits there, he eats his food and he's like, hmm, how am I going to pay for this? Do you know what he does? He orders more food. Okay. Isn't this interesting? Yeah. Like I, I, I hear this story and I'm like, I wish I could get this more mm. in my relationship with the Lord. But his mindset was, this is going to work out. Mm. He just wasn't worried. So mm. he orders more food, sits down and eats. And what enjoys happens? Enjoys his meal. Enjoys his meal. Just is like, oh, this is just a problem to be solved. Not a big deal. And one of his friends walks in and he's like, hey, could I borrow some money? Like, I just left my wallet at home. I can pay you as soon as I get home. I just, you know, I don't yeah. have my wallet with me. Everything worked out for him. It just wow. was not a big deal. And I think, I wish we could yeah, live more like that. In you the know? context of God as our provider. Like, right. Yes. You know, and I, I absolutely am not saying this is a license for being foolish, you know, like, cause sure. right. we're all for like, it's so much of what we talk about is using wisdom with your yeah. finances, but, yeah. uh, but there is something there that I personally want more of more yeah. of that just ex mm. expectation that God's going to work it out. Right. Romans mm -hmm. 8, 28, you know, in the midst of all of the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I've been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of the word abundance, like just yeah. that God, like you said, we are children of the King. And mm -hmm. he longs to take care of his children. And again, like that's not a license to be arrogant. It's not a license to be foolish. Yeah. But right. how often do we hold on to those worries as, oh, no, if, what if, and all of this. And it's like, yeah. God, if we could, if it, what if we can view that again as another opportunity to open our hand and just relax and let God lead us mm -hmm. versus fighting him in that process of it. Right. Because yeah. what we're doing is we're saying, you're not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And I have to take yeah. control of this, you know, like that's really what it is. And I'm not saying that I'm great at this. Like this is yeah, <laughs> a no. daily struggle for me. Bob's yeah. laughing because he knows, but that, I mean, that's <laughs> essentially what that is, is saying, I don't trust you with this God. And I mean, I think we're just, I, I always, one of my prayers is that I could just understand God's love for me more. Cause I have yes. a three-year-old that, oh my gosh, that kid could get anything from me. I mean, she's not lying. I'm not lying. Yeah. Like that kid has a soft spot in my heart that I, it's just, he, he can murder someone mm. and I'd still just be like, it's okay. It'll be okay. fine. You'll you be know, fine. we're working on this. But, but I mean, Another it, conversation. I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just a mom. Like I have so many flaws and that's, yeah. that's how deep my love is for this person. Right. But if we are God's children, like he views us the same way. And I mean, a lot of people he does, they, they murder and then they can still come to him and sure. repent. But if yeah. he is, if he is looking at us like that, right. Yeah. Then yeah. 
wouldn't he want to just like help us with all this mm-hmm. stuff? Wouldn't mm-hmm. he want us to just come to him and go, I, I, I messed up. I made bad choices. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I think he's like, yes, I'm so glad you're here. I can help you, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And he's willing and ready. Right. Exactly. I think we sell God short in that and ourselves short. Mm-hmm. And we look at, um, what he can do and who we really are. And, uh, it limits, limits us. We're our own worst enemies in that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And how much he loves us. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, that's a huge piece. I think there too. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of love, let's talk about money mindsets in regards to success and failure and how that kind of all goes together. Um, how have you personally seen that? How have you seen that with other people that you have worked with? Uh, I mean, success. I, I, yeah, for me, I've just wrestled with that a lot. Like I uh, had, yeah, a lot of misplaced, missed or misdefinitions of success, I guess. Uh, and that's something that, you know, again, like all this stuff we're talking about as we're still learning, still going through yeah, it. But, exactly. but defining success as a Christian. Like mm-hmm. what, what is that? You know, cause again, mm-hmm. it's not the same as the world's definition of success. And, yeah. and so for me, that's just been something that, you know, I feel like I'm getting clearer on like what success looks like for me in my life. And I, and I think if I had to generalize it into one definition, it's like, am I obedient to God? And the things that he asked me yes. to do, because if we are obeying him and the things that he's asking us to do, like, that pretty much, I think, hits the nail on the head in terms of success uh, mm. as a believer. Um, mm-hmm. So much more than like achieving higher level of numbers in a particular area. You know, that might be a byproduct of our success in obeying God. You know, but um, but to chase that, you know, and I'm speaking for myself. You know, a numbers former numbers addict. Um, <laughs> how do I? You know, continue to yeah. push forward in my business and my finances or whatever all the things without making the numbers the number one metric in the way I'm defining success in my own life. Uh, and so, yeah. So, so how have you done that? How have you done well, that? Yeah. Okay. So that leads to one thing that um, is, yeah, super helpful or practical for us is for so long, coming back to this net worth thing. So yeah. we started calling our assets under management, but something else that we did, we started tracking something else mm. because I was wrestling with, again, being a numbers addict, want to see our numbers go up, want to see our now assets under management go up, which is good and better. But as I was thinking through all of this and like, thinking of what like uh, eternal financial success would look like. It's not about any number that we accumulate on earth. And ultimately I kind of decided for myself that I'm like, all right, as a believer, I kind of think that we shouldn't be measuring our financial success by how much we accumulate, but probably by how much we give. Mm. I think that's a better way to measure eternal financial success. And then as a result, I'm like, all right, well, how do I track that? And so I ended up just kind of creating a spreadsheet that we call our net given instead of net worth. It's our net given. And we've been tracking every, you know, dollar that we've been giving for the last probably 15 years now. Mm. And so what that has done for us, it's been this running total of, you know, how much we've given. And so now we're celebrating you know, so when we first crossed a hundred thousand dollars of our net worth or AUM asset internet management, it's like, all right, we give each other a high five because we accumulated a hundred thousand dollars. And it's like, all right, that's fun. But this new sheet, this net given sheet, when we have given a hundred thousand dollars, it's like 
this is different because this isn't just a number on a page. This is a hundred thousand dollars worth of lives changed wow. by this money yeah. that we've given mm-hmm. and by what God has allowed us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has so much more significance. It's so much more richer. And yeah. it's a number yeah. that I feel good chasing. It's a number that I can keep chasing to get that number as high as I possibly can because it's improving the world around us. It's impacting eternity. Um, and it's not causing me to want to accumulate more. And so, right. um, so that's yeah. been super helpful, you know, for us. Oh, that's great. That's great. What has that been like for you on that journey, Linda? Um, as, as far as what, as far Success as and failure oh. or, um, kind of reframing that for yourself and yeah, looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. It's been really interesting. I mean, I, I remember growing up, I know my mom would kind of see rich people. We didn't have a ton of money growing up. And so, but she would see rich people and there was this, just this tone of like, Oh, that, that is a nice lifestyle. You know what I mean? And so there, yeah, there just must was this, be nice. Yeah. must be nice. I wonder if we'll ever get there, you know, type of yeah. uh, feeling. And it was really weird for me to walk through, you know, what I was, I was pretty comfortable. It was felt pretty familiar to be in the lean times, but then when yeah. we would get a little bit more money, it was kind of like, Oh, is this what my mom was talking about? And it, it mm. was a mind game of, am I what she thought, mm. what she was projecting? Am I that? Yeah. And how does that feel? And what, you know, where do I take this? Where is my heart in all this? Because I think this is my my big problem with the poverty mindset and the abundance or not even the abundance. What's the the um, the prosperity oh, gospel? The prosperity like, gospel, yeah. Right. If we can just put all that out on the table, my mm. big problem with the two, those two extremes is that they're not dealing with your heart. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. saying... This has to do with the amount of money and the amount of money that you have has something to do with your heart. And that's not the truth. Right. Whatever's going on externally, your heart needs to be in the right place. And then these things are just peripheral. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you have a ton of money, it doesn't matter if, uh, or it doesn't matter if you have a ton of money or not much money, if your heart can be in the wrong place or it can be in the right place. And sure, so, sure. yeah, I mean, that, that's what I don't like about those things. Yeah. And so, um, walking through that when we would be in more abundant times, I, it was really a heart check for me to go, am I, do I think that I'm smarter than somebody else because we are doing well here? Right. Do I think that we have it together? Do I think mm. that, you know, I feel bad for those other people? Do I, you know, where, sure. <laughs> what's going yeah. on within my own heart? Um, and it was really a purification process for me, which oh, yeah, is good because six, is. again, what he was saying, like it comes back to that idea that success is not about how much we have here on earth. Like if I am, again, sold out living for the Lord, if my life is his, if I've given it to him, then uh, the success looks a whole lot differently. And sure. I, I I just keep going back to that. What's going on in my heart? Am I freaking out? Am I showing the fruit of the spirit? Like, <laughs> like are these things growing in my life or is it just my bank account that's growing? Which is nice. 
but it doesn't really have any other value other than that. Yeah. And yeah. if I am freaking out all the time <laughs> or if I'm mm. super greedy or whatever, like neither side matters. It, right. it doesn't matter how much money or how little money I have if those things are still going on. So that's yeah, kind of been my process. You can be greedy and freaking out even if you have a lot of money. You can oh, yeah. be that way if you don't have oh, yeah. a lot of money. And yep. it comes down to like what you're saying in the beginning, Bob, about contentment. It's it's yeah. discovering that place of contentment and then money almost being that mirror to reveal what is the state of my heart? What is, exactly. what am I doing with this? Like you said, how am I viewing other people throughout mm-hmm. this? Uh, gosh. So just to kind of wrap this discussion up then about <laughs> what would you say are some ideas or ways we can identify what's going on inside of us with, in terms of money mindsets and, um, ask God to help us to purify them. What, how do we begin that process of looking at it? Uh, I, you know, I think with all of this, it, it, it always starts with questions, you know, mm-hmm. and being open to the answers. Uh, <laughs> that you know, is that's the key, the key right there. Right there. <laughs> so, I mean, and this is, super practical and just kind of surprising to me. Like, anyway, so I had this friend I was talking to just a couple of years ago and he was saying, have you ever like thought through your process of how you're listening to God? I'm like, mm. not really. I mean, I just, you know, I pray and I just do it. <laughs> if, yeah. if, he, if he drops in my heart, then I hear it. It's like, it's like, well, I started just kind of every time I pray now, I set a timer for five minutes afterwards and do nothing and just listen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm oh, like, is this such a meth- methodical kind of thing? I'm like, it's a little bit silly, but, but as I was doing it, I'm like, I just started noticing I was hearing more from God yeah. just because I literally sat still and listened instead of like pray, 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 God, I want this, blah, 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 blah. And then just like run on to my next thing and start yeah. doing something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what an interesting idea to like be mm-hmm. deliberate about listening to hear God's voice, you know, right after you pray. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think there's an opportunity there, you know, one practical kind of side note to this whole thing for us as we pray and ask some of these questions, but you know, and you know, and I'm even hesitant to say this because it's so easy for us to be dismissed as well, of course. Yeah. But it's like, we just pray. Like, that's just such a great place to start. Yeah. God, what yeah. is in my heart that I don't yeah. know is yeah. in there with money? Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it's easy to be like, well, of course, or I've done that before or whatever. But seriously, like, list somebody listening, like, take this, do this, like literally do this today and mm-hmm. then take five minutes and listen Yeah, and don't get freaked out when God says, Hey, I kind of want you to do this, or I want you to give this or whatever, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, there are multiple instances of the Bible where someone dealing with greed, Jesus prescribed generosity to them as the antidote to their greed, you know, yes. and there's other things that might be present as well. But the point is like to listen. And then when God asks you to do something, you feel that little nudge in your heart, like to do it, even if it seems insignificant, even if it seems like, well, there's no way that that's going to help or whatever, like Mm -hmm. just do it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, my pastor had said uh, recently, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Linda. I was going to say, uh, my pastor had said recently, we need to starve greed and feed generosity. So it's interesting that you use those two words that we can't, you can't just kind of ignore greed. You have to starve it and feed the generosity side in order Mm -hmm. to get rid of it. So, yeah, I I mean, I think one of the kind of, that's like a a deep way to do it. I'm going to go kind of more of the shallow (laughs) 
fun way to do it because sometimes like trying to get deep into your heart is really intimidating. And you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I can go that deep that fast, but I think asking a trusted friend who you can laugh with and be like, what do you notice about me? Like, what are the funny little quirky things? And then just start asking yourself questions about that. Huh? You're right. I do hide it from my husband whenever I get Starbucks. And that is kind of funny. Uh, Yeah. But like, what's really there? Like what's under the surface? Let's see if we can unpack this a little bit more. And like when God like reveals stuff to you, he's always so nice about it. Mm -hmm. He never makes you feel bad about it. He's kind of like, Hey, that's a thing right there. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, let's (laughs) just dig in a little bit. (laughs) And he never makes you feel bad about it. But like, I, I think like I, we have some friends living with, with us right now. And, um, I was asking them, I was like, what, what have you noticed about our house? And she started telling me, she was like, you guys have a lot of systems. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Oh, was wow. like, we do? And she's like, yep, you have a system for this. This is a system. And I was like, I didn't even think about it like that. But then when she said it and pointed it out, I was like, okay, now I see it. And that's, you know, just information about myself. I love having information about myself. I think it is so much fun. I'm the kind of person that like takes every quiz in the magazines and (laughs) (laughs) because I think it's interesting, but also you just learn so much about yourself. And I think that that's an easy step into, okay, is there something there that maybe needs a little bit of work? Is there something there that the Lord's trying to reveal to me that I've just been blind to just because we don't always see what's going on in ourselves, you know? That's such a great point, Linda, to just make, we, 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 I tend to be like you, Bob. I tend to be like, we must go to the Lord and pray and let him reveal, <laughs> which is important. It's but, so important. You know, like God too can reveal in these lighter ways. And it's such a great way to kind of ease ourselves into the water of like, where yeah. do I start God? Like, yeah. you know, where can I start when this one area and especially around money, which can be, you know, a troubling point for a lot of us. So yeah. Yep. Thank you again for sharing, you guys. This was awesome. I loved hearing both sides of the coin on this and uh, for all that you guys have to share. So tell us where we can find more about you, about the books you've written. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So uh, the newest book we've written, really the only book um, I'll say we've written is called Simple Money, Rich Life. Um, And this was our... um, yeah. And so that's a great place to start. Uh, or it's our a website, great book, by the way, I love it. Yeah. Oh, Thank good. you. Appreciate it. Uh, seed time money, um, okay. podcast or seedtime.com. Any of those places. So, so and we seed, get- like a seed you plant in the ground. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Love it. And I love that you guys do this together and you can offer both sides of the, the, the perspective. It's great. So thank yep. you again We're for your fun. ministry and for sharing today. What really struck you in that conversation about money? Did it bring up things for you about mindsets that maybe you believed as a kid or you were told as a kid? For me, I was told that money had to be a lot of hard work. Money didn't grow on trees was a phrase that I heard often. Must be nice. That kind of idea of people who had money somehow were luckier or better or they just did things that just the rest of us couldn't do. I mean, there was this definitely this worth attached to those who worked hard and produced money. So there was definitely that that tie for me growing up. And so I'm curious, what were some things for you that uh, as you begin to think about money and how it was shown to you and how even maybe is still kind of running in your head, 
How are those affecting some of your own perception of who you are and what you need to do to maybe earn love or to be good enough or to feel like you've accomplished the dream or the goal that God has given you? I would love to hear and love to dialogue with you more about this because it is such an interesting topic. We really have to wrestle, I think, with the topic of money. It's it's something that isn't talked about much in the church because it is kind of controversial, but as you you heard today, it's an underlying theme behind a lot of what we encounter every day and especially in marriage or when we're running a house. And I definitely can see how it tied into my struggles with perfectionism and hustling to get ahead and proving myself to other people. So it's interesting to think about how has your view of money shaped how you've created your view of yourself and what you need to do to be accepted and loved or to be enough, which as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, those are the questions subconsciously that are behind a lot of how we define and view ourselves. I would love it if you'd go to Instagram. You can go to at Alicia Michelle Coach. Make sure you're following me there. And let's have a conversation about this. Let me know what were some things that stuck out to you from this, this episode. And what are some statements that you have heard your whole life or you have believed, you find yourself believing about money. So go to Instagram at Alicia Michelle Coach and let me know in the comments. All right, friends, have a great rest of your week. I look forward to seeing you next week back here on the podcast. Take care. Thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com and click on podcast to get the full show notes and more info on the resources that we talked about in today's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and to leave a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. Thanks. I'll see you back here next week.